Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, we get into Red Raider resume building, including what they added to that resume over the weekend in Austin. Some of what went down in the Big 12 Conference otherwise, and we get to a new addition up front along the defensive line for Joey McGuire and Tim DeRuder. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use our code Locked On to get $20 off of your order. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you, man. Kicking off a brand new week because we've got a whole lot ahead of us here this week. And today we'll be running the gamut. We've got some football news to get to here in just a moment as you do wind up making an addition up front defensively for Tim DeRuiter and the Red Raiders. But of course, still digesting what we saw over the weekend in Austin. We'll get to some of what else went down within the Big 12 Conference as everyone begins to build their resume with March on our minds. But we'll start back in Austin, Texas. And I know these things obviously evolve and change from day to day as teams win or lose. But uh, I saw going into the weekend that due to some of the net rankings or course, various things you might want to follow. Uh, within the Big 12 Conference, over 70% of the road games in the league had a chance to be quad one wins for whatever team was taking those. And obviously, Texas Tech was in that category there on Saturday night. As I said on our reaction episode yesterday, and hope you check that out if you haven't so far, I hope this is not the best win that Tech is going to have on their resume by the time it's all said and done. But it does somewhat feel like uh, you give yourself a bigger margin for error whenever you're able to take something that you're not necessarily expected to take away from your house. But uh, what a way to get off to the right start in uh, continuing to build and for the first time in a Big 12 context, uh, building that resume for March. Yeah, you know, th this seems to be like a, a topic that people enjoy uh, and, and all that because then you, you're going to kind of ride the, the the roller coaster a, a bit as, throughout the season on kind of rising and falling and kind of where do you fit in. But this is the this is the sport um, and the data that we are talking about here is what decides whether you get to play in the big tournament or the three letter one or not in one at all. And, and uh, you know, so, so some context here after you beat. Texas, your net goes from, I think, 53. Your net ranking goes from 53 in the country to 36. So this was easily uh, your, your best one of the season. Uh, in the Ken Palm, and, and which which is a, a factor at some level, too, I think yeah, you moved up to like 26th or 27th in the country. And uh, I think that that that's the tangible uh data that you move into but you're right part of the reasons why is is because this is your only quad one win uh, of the season uh right now you're one and two in 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 quad one games you've played three of them but as you mentioned Cowan you know because of the strength of the league and that's the fun part about being in this league is that you can take some L's in, in, in some of these games and it doesn't really hurt you mathematically with, with some of the data as long as you're able to stack up 
uh, enough wins. Uh, we'll get into what this week uh, has in, in store for you as we go along here, but uh, you've got two home games, and and uh, the, the, those net rankings of the two opponents are far below you uh, in, in the rankings, so that, that has some meaning to it uh, too. But, you know, and, and it's good to keep it in perspective because even though Texas was your best win – you know, regardless of what anybody wants to rank them, that doesn't really matter. It's it's all about the net and Ken Palm and all those kinds of uh, – that's the tangible data that the selection committee looks at. It doesn't matter what you were ranked by the Associated Press or the coaches or whatever. That's fun for TV and to put up there. And if, if you were ranked uh, really high in one of these polls, we'd be, we'd be talking about it. But it, it, it's really meaningless because the reason I'm saying that is – you still haven't really beaten a team on your schedule yet that would be in the NCAA tournament field. Texas is as close to that as it gets. We've just talked about it being your best win, but I think they would be out of the tournament right now if the tournament field were to be selected today. And we've got two months, uh, two and a half months, if you if you will, before we get to that point. However, it, it, this was a good start, and this is one that pays dividends because it's away from home. Texas is going to win plenty of games I don't know if they're a tournament team or not. They're a 500 team in this league at worst, uh, just based on how good their guards are. And, uh, you know, they, they'd only lost, you know, you, you beating them uh, there in Austin, that's only the second loss they've ever had in that new building. So they're going to win plenty of games there, and you want them to. As painful as that may be, that, that's a good thing for you uh, if they continue to do that because it makes that win look that much better for you and factors in and all that stuff. But, yeah, your resume certainly got uh, – uh, got a nice, uh, you know, polish and, and shine on that bad boy after uh, after the win in Austin. I don't know how you felt about uh, the league schedule whenever you saw it announced for Texas Tech, but I was really intrigued by the opportunity, and clearly even more so now that you're able to pull this off in game one on the road. Probably too early to start talking about like you're playing with house money or whatever, but you are a little bit ahead of the curve because you take one on somebody else's floor. But you got big time opportunity coming up to uh, gather some momentum. You got Oklahoma State coming to your house on Tuesday. You got K State coming to your house on Saturday. And then look what's ahead. It's a trip to Houston for another one of those most valuable wins of the season kind of context, right? So, like you alluded to uh, last week, and I kind of made a joke about it, but we were talking about coming back for game two of your Big 12 schedule, and you said the words must win, <laughs> which is a little frightening to grasp, but certainly that is the reality because you don't want to waste anything on your home floor, particularly now when you're talking about some of these metrics and the fact that the Cowboys or the Purple Wildcats uh, would have a, a lower number than what you have. But, man, this is a huge week as you get back to the LBK and back to the USA to host Oklahoma State and K-State before it's down to Houston to take on the Cougars. You don't get many weeks where you get back-to-back -back home games, especially uh, so whenever you, you can talk about coming off of a big road win. And you have to take advantage of that. That After big road wins, you, you know, you, you don't know who's staring you in the face with your next home game, but this is, a uh, you know, an Oklahoma State team that will come in here and they had arguably, you know, one of the worst non-conference uh, schedules, but they're still very talented. They're very athletic. They're long uh, if they make a few more shots, they beat Baylor, who is a lot of people think they're a Final Four contender. But that game goes into overtime, and they just couldn't quite hit the one shot. They had a key turnover at the end. This is going to be far from easy. We'll get a little bit more specifically into setting the table for Tech and Oklahoma State uh, coming up on tomorrow's episode as they're back at it from United Supermarkets Arena. But 
Yeah, I wanted to get into to what was happening in the Big 12 over the weekend. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And football is close to wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So many ways to spice up the action with FanDuel's safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. Are you really even parlaying if you're not visiting FanDuel's Parlay Hub? I doubt it. So get the FanDuel.com slash locked on today. And if you're a new customer, take advantage of $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet with FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Official partner of the NFL. Yeah, I wanted to get into to what was happening in the Big 12 over the weekend. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of these results. I, maybe the most entertaining game was happening there in Lawrence as Texas Christian gave the Jayhawks all they could handle, but the Jayhawks survive at the end of the day, 83-81. Uh, Houston drops West Virginia by 34, so maybe that would not get your attention. Oklahoma over Iowa State, 71-63. to Sooners improved to 13-1. and You mentioned BYU dropping at home when they're on the precipice of a top-10 ranking, an OT win for Baylor and Stillwater. And then, yeah, Kansas State by 25 over the Golden Knights of Central Florida, there in Manhattan. Let's go back to Lawrence, however, because uh, I know that we've, and I think you've made reference to this before, what they've got going on there in Fort Worth. Now they take the loss, but Horn Frogs looking pretty tough uh, throughout the entire 40 there against the Jayhawks. Yeah, you know, they won there last year um, and they, they were right there on the cusp of doing it in back-to-back years. Uh, it's just very difficult to win there. And if uh, if you don't you know, the, the one time that Texas Tech did it, you you, you controlled the game. Um, there were people before they got to sing the rock chalk and, and all that, which is what they sing at you whenever it's uh, they've got you dead to rights. Um, you know, they uh, but, you know, that year you you just controlled it. Um, and and TCU just this was nip and tuck, man. And I'm just telling you. That building has sent many of a folk home uh, from the opposing team upset and frustrated and like going, I mean, they call a flagrant, you're up two, I think. They call a flagrant foul uh, on on one of your, your guys getting a rebound and uh, Hunter Dickinson gets kind of, you know, and he, Bill self-admitted, he sold it well. Um, yeah, he did, Bill. Um, he sure did. And I just don't know if that's a flagrant foul in most buildings. Um, I not. think. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a basketball play. I know they're supposed to review, you know, any kind of activity, shoulders above and all that, that there was some that occurred, but he's trying to get a rebound. Um, he's trying to secure it, be strong with the ball, which is what coaches teach you. And I, I just – I think they bailed out the Jayhawks again, and it's very frustrating to see it. I mean, am I upset that TCU took a loss? No, but, I mean, in some <laughs> ways – I saw it phrased this way – you're probably more likely to be battling it out with TCU in the standings and, and, and for a bid or, you know, a finish in the league more so than Kansas. So in some ways that was probably a, a bad result uh, that, that Kansas able to survive it. But yeah, TCU is going to be, they're going to be plenty good. I mean, Jay, I used to not give a lot of credence to Jamie Dixon uh, and, and what he had done there because they hadn't proved it. And, and he's earned the right that in the last couple of three years, He's built it, maintained it. They're a handful. Uh, they wore you out in Lubbock, Texas last year, and much of that nucleus is back, and they've they've added a, a few pieces to it. 
long, athletic, um, and they obviously not intimidated by the a road game environment. But yeah, that was a entertaining game, depending on how you want to view it. I, I watched a lot of the Oklahoma State and Baylor game for obvious reasons because that's who you get next. And you know, Oklahoma State is not near as bad as their record would show. At least their pieces are. Uh, but Baylor's got some some guards, man, that can can flat out go. But uh, that one was a game that Oklahoma State could have snuck that one out. You know, they they turned it over a very careless turnover on a fast break uh, late in overtime, and Mike Boynton just went and sat down and was like, you know, like <laughs> this. But this is why you're you, you're you're hovering around 500 uh, overall, just because you, you you make a few you know frustrating plays like that, and that's enough to. You know, because Scott Drew's team, very, very good and very talented. And everybody else, for the most part, did what they were supposed to do in the in the league, like we yeah. talked about. And there's not a lot of uh, results that kind of raised the old uh, eyebrows a bit. But uh, the, the, there there was some certainly some entertainment for sure as we got a full dose of, what, seven Big 12 games on a Saturday, man. How fun is that? Man, I, I was curious about the Cowboys and Bears, what you thought, if it if it said more about Oklahoma State, maybe uh, like you just mentioned there, being better than their record. Was it just a day where Baylor gets caught on the road, but they pull it out? What, what do you think at the end was the assessment? Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll localize this with like a, a Texas Tech thought process, because one thing I told you about going to Austin and that the recipe for your Texas Tech team is that you, you have to shoot it well. That's just kind of who you are, and I don't know what – if you don't, like what's the plan B? Like how do we get to where we need to go offensively and and all that if you if you don't shoot it well? And sometimes when you show up on the road, they don't fall in. You just can't hit the broad side of the barn, like live by it, die by it, and typically at home, man, you know, a lot more of them go in. Well, I think Baylor is making on average more threes than anybody in the country. Guess what? They show up to Stillwater, they don't go in. I think they made two threes – in the game, I believe that's right, and, and I believe they average close to nine makes per game. So that that was just one of those deals, man. Welcome to conference play. It's like you know, like you know, all of a sudden they've all been going in, and then you just show up, and it's you know, because I mean, Oklahoma State is long; they're athletic. I think they defended the perimeter uh, well. You did miss some open looks too, if you're Baylor. However, that's the sign of a good team. Baylor had a bit of a plan B and they had some different ways where they could still score and hang in there. And ultimately it was their, their defense and transition that, uh, that got it done uh, in the end with a couple of late steals or forced turnovers or however you want to phrase it. But yeah, that's what I thought was kind of fascinating about that game specifically, as you asked me about that is Baylor shoots the three as well as anybody literally in the country. And then they just show up and they just, they just, they're not going in. They can't get them done. And, and one of their point guards fouled out uh, late in the game. Uh, but, you know, Oklahoma State, you know, they're, they're again, it's just not going to be an easy game. Avery Anderson's still there. Uh, and, and they've got some, some key pieces. Uh, they've got the, the Harrison kid that's a big time recruit. He's about 6'11. Uh, he's starting to figure it out. And so, you know, it, it'll, uh, it won't be easy come tomorrow night. Uh, with uh, the Red Raiders and the Pokes. Yeah, I got the Cowboys coming to town. No Big 12 basketball on this uh, Monday night, but some interesting ones coming up elsewhere tomorrow night. Houston's on the road, headed to Ames, Iowa, to take on the Cyclones. Hilton obviously can be tough. Curious to see what the Longhorns are going to do on the road, taking on Cincinnati after Cincinnati goes to Provo and drops BYU, Tech, Oklahoma State, K-State, West Virginia from Morgantown. And then you got a really interesting nightcap uh, with the aforementioned Cougars of BYU taking on Baylor, 
in Waco. So curious to see if BYU may have a bounce back effort. I, I guess they're the, I mean, it seems like an obvious 12th ranked team in the country going into the weekend, at least. Uh, probably yeah. the biggest surprise of the Big 12 non-conference. And I said Avery Anderson for Oklahoma State. It meant Bryce Thompson. I feel like some of these guys have been there for forever. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Brandon Garrison, sorry for the the name slip up. I, as soon as I said that, I was like, wait a second. I don't think he's there anymore. It's hard to keep up. Shoot me. Sorry. Um, I will not. Yeah, that's right. Need you for another episode. And, and you were leading me into who did you say is the biggest surprise? Well, uh, BYU had the big is the biggest surprise of the non conference clearly, but then they dropped the opener, but on the road with a chance to make some noise if you can do anything in Waco against the Bears. Yeah, I, I think BYU or Oklahoma have been the biggest surprises in the league for sure. Like with what we've seen to this point, Oklahoma validated their game uh, or their non conference resume over the weekend. BYU did not. I think a lot of people kind of look at it and go. Uh, BYU, you know, okay, maybe the paper tiger. I, I, I don't yeah. know, but uh, you know, Mark Pope does a good job as the head coach of uh, uh, of BYU, and I think they weren't expected to do a lot. They were picked, I think, like to finish eleventh, maybe out of the out of the fourteen teams. And here you look up in early January, regardless of what how they finished, they're twelfth in the country. Wasn't anybody on anybody's bingo card? It, it yeah. just was not. And I don't think Cincinnati. It was thought to do a lot of damage, and they were in there, and I think they won by nearly double digits. But, uh, um, yeah, it, it, and that's what's going to be fun about this deal is there's just not – some of the BYUs, the Cincinnati's, the Houston's, the Central Florida's, they're going to now see what it's like in that – because BYU's just like, hey, man, we'll, we'll just get up for the Gonzaga and the St. Mary's games, and everybody else we're, we're just going to hammer. Those <laughs> days are over, man. I mean, it, it is a fight. Roll your sleeves up every single night. You're going to see, you know, 10,000 plus in most of these venues, uh, especially on Saturday afternoons on the road, sometimes more, more than that, depending on where these games are. And uh, that's the beauty of it. And that's why you better take advantage when you can, because, uh, yeah, League Hoops is here, man. And it's it's a grind and a marathon and, and all that. But I, I give a big hug to it because you got to ride, be able to ride the, it's like the shockwave at Six Flags, man. It's like sometimes it's a loop-de-loop uh, or sometimes <laughs> it's a Judge Roy scream. You know, it's like that big drop, you know, because uh, you got to go up, but then you got to come down and then it all evens out and you hear that clack, clickety-clack right there when you're pulling into the old uh, train station there and they let you they let you out and you're like, oh, I'm about to throw up, you know. Yeah. Hey, and by the way, uh, Arizona will enter the chat uh, next year. So. Oh, yeah. And Colorado is really good. That's true. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think uh, Utah is really good right now. Arizona State, not great. But, yeah, this this is absolutely going to be a much better league next year than it is right now. So, Which is scary uh, to think about. Oh, yeah. I mean, right yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious, you know, with the four additions that are here right now, obviously Houston was going to get the most attention. But you mentioned the Judge Roy Scream. Judge Roy Scream which is like a 90s throwback and it leads perfectly into i'm curious about cincinnati man in the 90s they were a brand of brands had a nice run there with mick cronin of course but haven't been to the ncaa tournament since 2018 and 19 i really wonder if maybe they can uh regain some footing as far as some national prominence within the big 12 yeah you know i mean possibly um you know i i think bob huggins and, and you know nick the quick nick van exel uh shout out uh, <laughs> uh with the headband and all that back in the day, Kenyon Martin, you know, that was kind of yep. when they introduced themselves to the, uh, to the, to the nation. But uh, yeah, they're, they're just, they've just been okay. Um, there's some tradition They're they're near a, a pretty solid recruiting base. 
Uh, and, and it's I don't know if West Virginia being really down right now and kind of in flux has a chance to help out a program like Cincinnati and mm-hmm. prop them up. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, or 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 vice versa. But uh, but yeah, that that's uh, that's a program that I think you know. Again, their football is kind of the same way. Football, you know, maybe pick to finish last in the league coming up next year, and yet they're they're not too far removed from like several double digit win seasons and you know playoff. I mean, all, all kind. I mean, the highest of the highs, you know. And so, yeah. but what what are they when it all evens out? What are they consistently? Are they this or are they this? Well, and and like you said, for Cincinnati football, uh, it ain't St. Mary's and Gonzaga anymore <laughs> that, you're getting, oh, no. that you're getting ready for. Nope. So, uh, you know, you can ask West Virginia about their former football glory in the Big East. Texas Christian been a bit of an exception to that with some of their achievements, obviously, in the Big 12. But they're not a one-loss or no-loss team back-to-back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back like they used to be once upon a time in a smaller league. So, clearly, things will change. Okay, making reference to some things on a football front there, which is a perfect way to wrap up our conversation here today as we get to Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders and some good news specifically for Tim DeRuiter and his side of the football. First, today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. And I hope this podcast is a great escape from the nutso realities of life. But just because it is an escape doesn't mean those realities have gone away. And one of the latest pieces of wildness I've heard, according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of flu season. Can you imagine how helpless you'd feel if your spouse or kids were sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the medication they needed? You don't have to because of the peace of mind you're going to get with Jace Medical and the Jace Case. The Jace Case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including respiratory infections, sinus issues, dermatological infections, and many more. These things can affect anybody, so be one of those anybody's that goes to jacemedical.com right now to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. And remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. At jacemedical.com, you're going to complete a physician assessment that will then be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Never been more important to be prepared, so take the quick step to do so for your family and go to jacemedical.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off your purchase with Jace Medical. You do find some defensive line help, Chris, and you can go back to some of the episodes from last week as we were discussing some of these visits and some of the paths that they had taken. I may have went Toolman there instead of Scooby-Doo, but either way, James Hansen, a Nevada transfer, is now going to wind up as a Red Raider, and I'm curious what you think about this addition, some of what maybe was in flux as far as uh, some potential suitors and what do you think you will bring to the table up front for Texas Tech defensively? Your basketball to football segue right there is why you're such a true professional. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I'm just telling you, man. It's like, it's like, I'm just, I'm just on the on the roller coaster, right? And you're just steering it perfectly. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, kudos. Um, yeah, you know, we, we knew you needed uh, you needed another addition here. You wanted one. You've been kind of uh, offering guys. There was a New Mexico State player that you'd offered. You'd offered an Arkansas guy, and then. Uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Hansen from Nevada, you, you, you needed some, there was some thought that you would take best available. There was some thought, okay, we really want a one-year guy. We don't want somebody here that's going to stunt some growth, uh, for fear of, um, you, you know, maybe causing one of your younger players to go, man, I still don't see a path for playing time for me. I'm, I'm going to bail out if you took a, a multi-year guy 
di different thought processes there, I think, uh, internally with what you could go find. But it's like when you're shopping for a used car. I want this color. I want this miles. I want these these this package on, on it. And sometimes it's like it's very hard to go find exactly what you want, especially one that's nearby. So you, you like, well, he really is good. He's you know he's good, but he's got two years. You know, or, yeah. or there's you, you, sometimes you have to to modify your your needs and kind of there's a little give and take there. But I think it was pretty telling when I, I think uh, the Booker kid from Arkansas was on his visit and they actually extended an offer to uh, Mr. Hansen, uh, the, the Nevada player, um, you know, James Hansen, who he is, he's, he's, he's about what, six, two, about 300, 305, um, solid player. He's a rotational guy. Don't, don't misunderstand what you've just added here. Um, he's potentially a starter, potentially just a depth piece, but he's, I think he's very valuable in that it's, it's another bridge the gap piece. Um, and what, what typically the way Texas Tech looks at these um, the, these group of five transfers is they will go look and find any film they can find of how they performed against other power five opponents. And I, I, I a prime example of that is Davion Carter, uh, the Memphis kid, excuse me, the uh, Davion Carter. Um, he, uh, yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Memphis. Memphis yeah. 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 That's yeah. right. Okay. Sorry. The other one was Toledo. My, yeah. Toledo and then middle Tennessee. Big and I was about to talk myself yeah. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Davion Carter, I think his work on, you know, for Memphis against Missouri, he played extremely well against a, you know, double digit win team in Missouri. And so, you know, I think the film they looked at with, um, you know, over his career at Nevada with Hanson, I think they felt like okay, he can play here. Um, I I think there was probably, I guess the right way to phrase it is it just wasn't a good fit uh, for 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 the Arkansas uh, kid that that they had visited Baylor, and I think he's maybe going to end up at SMU and and all that uh, for various reasons. But uh, so that's why uh, they ended up, uh, and landed on, uh, on Hanson, who is a one-year player, uh, mind you. And again, this is bridge the gap is what it is. You, you want to let, you want to add him to Quincy Ledette and you, you want to allow like the Duda Bankses and the Trayvon McAlpines, the Tredarius Brown, the Jaden Cofields, the Blake Burrises, all those guys, you know, continue to develop. And it's just another, you know, big experienced piece that you could add into that mix that doesn't put you in a, in a bit of a bind by having to lean on somebody that's just too young and not ready for it. Uh, so ultimately that's kind of what, what it is, but it, it was a, a need as much as it was a want. Um, you, you really needed to have something right here and to replace what Danny Salee was supposed to bring you who didn't accept any, any money or a car to go to BYU, according to him. <laughs> You're going to have me explaining some things in the YouTube comments again. Uh, <laughs> that was his words. That was his words. I know, but now now people are getting mad at us for uh, repeating his statement. Um, they are? Well, that's a shame. Well, one, people. That's plural. Uh, one. Okay. One. Okay. He's, he's upset. He's keeping track. Three times is too many. I said, I thought it was only two. He told me, no, it's three. I say, thank you for your loyalty and keeping such close watch over the program. Four times. Make it a four spot. Um, <laughs> before we get out of here. You've got a Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford size hole up front. These are big, big voids. I mean, these are foundational pieces, guys that have been 
Red Raiders, it seems like since like the Reagan administration, they've been here for a long, long time and valuable parts of the program. So it's like, okay, who next? Um, the conversation begins, I, I guess you just kind of told us in the way you started it out, but it's it's Quincy Ledette and company, right? Quincy's the first guy we're going to be talking about, I think, to sort of lead this show. Yeah, he's going to be uh, one of your most, I, I'm not going to say that Quincy Ledette's one of your most, uh, your best players on your team next year. However, he's one of the most valuable and important uh, on your entire roster because you take him away from that position group and you you all of a sudden get really young and inexperienced. Uh, and that's why the uh, addition of Hanson was so big. Uh, but it, it's it's kind of like, you know, that it's just hard to find quality big people, man. You know, yeah. it, ju- it just is. And there's only so many of them. And you've you've got bodies. They're just really young. You know, these are th- th- these positions are just ones that you don't want to turn the reins over to them until you've been on campus for a year or two at least. And that's kind of where you are with a lot of the group that we're talking about. I mean, some of them have been on campus and have played some. Not in an every down scenario, though. I mean, like Duda Banks, I think, has got a chance to be a really good player. Uh, but he also has been kind of a part-time guy and a rotational guy, and and you need other folks to allow him to continue to be a rotational guy. Um, I mean, even yeah. Tony and Jalen came out. Remember, this is what the conversation was last year about – that duo play way too many snaps. Like we have got to help them because they're not, they can't give us their best when they're playing so many snaps. You just get worn down, you get tired, you're not fresh. And like, I think uh, that was one of the things that uh, Tim DeRuder came into the season with is like, I, 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 my commitment to you two fellas is that I'm not going to leave you out there for, you know, 80% of the snaps. I mean, it's not fair to you. And I'm not going to do that. And we've tried to piece it together to where we don't have to do that. Well, the same can be said about a guy like Quincy Ledette. You don't have to do that to him, you know, uh, because you're not getting the best of Quincy Ledette if you do. And so, yeah, there, there's some pieces here that a lot of people aren't going to be super familiar with because they're just young. Uh, Blake Burris is a former walk-on, I think. Um, Trayvon McAlpine, and he's played some. You hope that he's a rotational guy, maybe even more so. You know, Amir Washington, is he in this conversation or more of the edge rusher conversation? Yeah. Like we saw him in the bowl game and they talked about, yeah, no, we moved him in, in November. Uh, Tredarius Brown, uh, I think, uh, out of uh, Louisiana, I think is right, is another one. Jaden Cofield is another name. But these are just guys that have been sitting on ice for a bit and now it's kind of, okay, that, that ice is melting a little bit and now it's time <laughs> to see if uh, if they can – if they can start to do a few things and that's what spring football will be for, but you just need another old head, man. You just did. Yeah. And that's the reason why you wanted a one year guy ultimately, um, if you yeah. can find the right fit. Um, but I would just caution everybody. You, you haven't added like an all big 12 caliber player with Hanson. He's a piece to your puzzle and an important one, but he's not gonna, you know, set the world on fire or anything. And I don't know if you're necessarily asking him to do that, but just, yeah, make no mistake. You didn't, you didn't add a, an, an all conference caliber player here. All right, good stuff, man. Appreciate the time and insight as always. Hope you guys will join us coming up tomorrow for a game day edition as we get set for Red Raiders and Cowboys from United Supermarkets Arena. We'll see you then, Chris. Guns up. Keep hope alive, everybody. We got a natty to enjoy uh, uh, tonight. I don't know if I'm going for the the Huskies or the Wolverines or whatever. I'm kind of just wanting to see what kind of crazy comes out of Jim Harbaugh's mouth. I guess is what I'm tuning in for. But, uh, yeah, enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
I just hope both teams have fun. You know, I'm going that route this time around <laughs> and uh, that we can yeah. as well as observers. All right. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Thanks for joining us once again. And we hope to see you back here for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.